Welcome to the Principal Podcast today. This is Xane Anderson, and today I am excited to have Donna Tashjen, or Tashjen, I hope I'm saying it correctly, on our show. I want you to know Donna is the founder of Vibrant Living International, which is a nonprofit. She is a podcast host of You Were Designed for Greatness. She's written four books, and her clients say she has a knack for turning fear into excitement. And I'm just grateful that you're on the show today, Donna, with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Xane. I'm I'm looking forward to this chat. Yeah. So I, you know, we were chatting before. You have a very, very interesting story. I'm wondering if you could share a little bit of that story with us. Yes. Um, it is has a happy ending <laughs> kind of story. But uh I grew up in a blended family without a lot of knowledge of my biological dad. Um, or father, as I call him. And um, the one of the good things about the new blended family is I did get a daddy out of it. And he is an amazing man. So that was a wonderful thing. Um, it, but there was always this feeling that somehow something was missing, or I wasn't good enough. It's kind of hard to explain how that kind of thing happens, but it does. And then you think that was in part because your dad was not around just out of curiosity? Uh, well, we could get into the psychological aspect of all of that, but yes, there was, I, I discovered later on that, um, I was their firstborn from that marriage and I was supposed to be a boy. And so, you know, just those kind of, but I don't have any good memories at all of him. So, um, I'm sure that that all played into it. And, um, and then at the age of 14, someone that was close to us hurt me and I became pregnant. I became a 15-year-old mother. Do you remember where you were when you were 15? <laughs> I do. And I also remember um, how much I did not know at the age of 15. <laughs> oh my goodness, how much we don't know and how we kind of think we know <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um, at that age. And also the other thing that I remember and, and now as I'm older watching other teenagers is we feel everything is a big deal. <laughs> it's like you feel to the millionth degree kind of a thing. It's the best day of our life or it's just awful. You know, it's like there's no middle. Um, so there's a lot of emotions involved in that. And I'm a mom at 15. Um and it was in the time um, in society, at least in my sphere that was around me, where it didn't matter why you were pregnant, it wasn't okay. It wasn't talked about. Um, there was a lot of quiet, but at the same time, hiding and shame, blame, all of those kind of things. Uh, and I, uh, I raised my little girl. I had a little girl. Um, so I'm 18 with a three-year-old, just to kind of give you the picture. It's like remembering where you were and all of this. Um, I lived with my parents and graduated high school and got a full-time job before I was 18 and had my own place shortly thereafter. So there was um, a lot happening and raising a child. <laughs> yes. At the age of 15 and now, or now 18, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So this, I'm guessing, was was quite painful for you. 
Yeah, I've tried to find adjectives to describe it. <laughs> I can't find them. But the only word is, is it was really hard. <laughs> yes. But um, I can't find adjectives to uh, describe how much pain, insecurity, all the while trying to raise a child. And I remember holding her right after she was born and saying, maybe I should have given you up for adoption, but I can't. And I'm going to try to be the best mom I can. Um, and talk, there's, there's a new level of fear when we talk about being parents. Um, we experience fear that <laughs> there's no other about, about our kids. So there was a lot of, a lot of things going on at that time. How did you get over this? I mean, how did you over like get through this? When I say overcome it, I mean, obviously you have this beautiful daughter, but you mm -hmm. are 15. You, this is totally unplanned. Tell, tell us, how did, how did you get through this? Well, I, I often talk about it today, learning how to handle life's curveballs, uh, handling disappointment. And there is a mixture of things because not only am I in the fear of now being a mom and trying to provide and all of those things and the fear of failure, and it's a big failure. It's not like I, I just did a little failure. If I mess up, this is another human being. Um, but learning to, uh, and then all in the mixed in too, that I want to mention is, is those kind of things, there's grief because I had this image of it was probably false, but we have this image of what high school was going to be like, you know, me, it was going to football games and, and hanging out with friends and all of that kind of stuff. Well, that's all gone. So all in there's grief involved. And so the thing that the biggest thing that has brought me through to where I am today is my faith. At a young age, I had create, I had a relationship with God. And when we talk about, my parents hid me, remember? When we talk about isolation, this is before internet. This is before cell phones. When you are stuck in a room alone, you are totally alone. There are no social, there's no picking up your phone and chatting with your friends. Right. Um, and so there was nothing but me and my daughter and, and having God to talk to. It forged a relationship through fire. Uh, that would not have developed. I don't know the same any other way, but as I got my own place, it was believing for food on the table. I may, I worked full-time, went to college, taking one course a semester, and I made $1 too much. I could not get any assistance. $1. Wow. You know, this, this, as you, as you say this, and we talk about disappointment, you know, I've heard this described, you know, in life or for in high school or life, whatever it is, we have certain expectations. I expect to be able to go to the, to the football games and have kind of a normal high school experience. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times our reality comes in lower. Yes. So this is where my reality, I feel like it is, but this is what I expected. And they say that the distance between these points is frustration or disappointment, as you said, like I'm here, I'd expected this. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting this. And I think this is something that parents, um, that happens in marriages, happens with children, happens in careers, happens in all kinds of relationships where 
I expect something, but I'm getting something different that's less than what I've hoped. And this distance is called frustration. Well, if my expectations go up even further and my reality goes down even lower, well, my frustration is now getting bigger and growing. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you a question. I've heard one of, and actually a counselor had, had said this uh, when I was, I was studying at, uh, at the university and I actually did study psychology and there was a counselor that I met there who said, if people can learn to expect reality, sometimes that you can close that. You can't really always change. You either have to bring this up or you have to bring this down. And sometimes we can bring our reality up. Sometimes we have to just say, well, this is where I'm at and I'm going to accept it. And then I have, it actually becomes a little easier then because I now accept that this is where I'm at rather than just really having this big frustration piece going. I don't, I don't know what you would think about that. I, I get it, but I disagree a little bit. I agree that the level of how we think it should be. And because every one of us alive at some point has said, I didn't think I would be here at this point. I didn't think it would be like this. Every single person says, I didn't think it would be, but the answer to me is not to have me lower my expectations but it's to hold my dreams. I, this is the way I like to say it with open hands and learning that every single thing I go through, Mm. I can learn and grow, become stronger and better. I love that. And so to me, I don't want to lower my expectations because then I start expecting bad because that's what I got. Right. So I should just expect to be treated more crappily the rest of my life. And that wasn't my expectation. And right. so learning to uh, have a dream, have a plan, have expectations for our children, for our lives, for things, but understanding it's the open hand part is that it won't, I think it should go like this, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and it does a zigzag thing. Mm, it goes a different route than you thought. It, it doesn't go the way I think it would, but it doesn't mean it doesn't end up there. Mm-hmm. So learning to be able to be flexible. One of the programs that I've created as a life coach is called turning your baggage into luggage. So you can have the life you've dreamed. Now I'm lived it. (laughs) I have lived that baggage thinking. What I mean by that is where I'm angry, frustrated, um, hurt. Why did this happen? That big Y word that's bad. You know, that, that one sabotages us all the time. Why? I don't understand why, but do you realize really when, if we ever got an answer, why it really wouldn't help because I still lost the disappointment. It still happened. And so luggage thinking in my analogy, luggage thinking is I'm going, I can't change this, but I'm going to use it to grow and become the best me I can be and help others to do the same. My daughter, my my husband, future husband adopted her and we had two more children. We've been married to give you a little context, 38 years. I have seven grandkids. So I learned something about being a parent and um, I get cards that make me cry, you know, all the things. <laughs> 
Uh, and so learning to be able to rise above and to allow yourself to grow. My uh, daughter that I had when I was 15 went through a really rough patch in her teenage years. Uh, where where I'm saying, I, I pro- see if any other parents out there have ever thought, is where did my child go? It's like they're not even acting like themselves. It's like, what happened? And that rough class of now have I failed, you know, and blaming myself for all the things she's going through and all of that. It's a mess when we when we start all of that. And so learning how to move through that, allow them to make their mistakes and do their things without blaming myself for their behavior or getting embarrassed um, for their behavior and learning. So I've said a lot. I hope that all makes sense. I like that. I like when you at the first you started saying my belief in God helped me through this. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Like what? Well, let me give you an example. Um, tell me your thoughts on this quote. Okay, and this is a quote from from C.S. Lewis. Uh, C.S. Lewis is a, was is a Christian mm-hmm. writer, and C.S. Lewis said this. He said, "Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house." At first, perhaps you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew those jobs needed doing, so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he's building quite a different house from the one you thought of, throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were gonna be made into a decent little cottage, but he's building a palace. He intends to come and live it in himself. When I heard your story for the first time, this quote for some reason came to my mind about, you know, sometimes things happen in life that do not make sense, that hurt abominably. You experience that hurt, that pain at age 15. And somehow it seems to me with what you're trying to do now, helping people through disappointment, helping people through hard things, that that pain of yours almost has now become a superpower. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, I don't know how you would, if you would agree with this quote, but it almost sounds like God is using something that was very hard, something that was very disappointing, something that was very difficult, where there's no words, as you said, to even describe it. Yeah. And now you've overcome it and are trying to help people with that. Yes, I um I don't I don't know about the whole the whole um the the quote sounds like God is the causative and in my situation God didn't cause it but he was definitely the one that resurrected it. Um there's a Bible verse that talks about turning our mourning into dancing. Um and all of that type of picture. And that's definitely what has happened in my life. Um, I will be interviewed on podcasts and people go, are you okay sharing this story? And I'm like, yes, because as I share it, other people are being helped in some way and inspired to overcome our own adversities. Um, And so 
yes, I do believe that all things can work together for good when I choose to believe it and take actions accordingly as well. Because I could definitely have become a statistic. Um, that's what I, that's what was spoken over me. Um, that's not what happened. So let me ask you a question for, for those listeners out there right now who are maybe going through something very, very painful, perhaps unexpected, perhaps very disappointing. What, what tips, what, what hope or advice do you, would you give anyone who's in this situation where, wow, things are, I did not sign up for this. Right. What would you, what would you tell them? One of the first steps is begin to look for the gift and the adversity. Um, these gifts are not wrapped in pretty packages. I call them gifts wrapped in sandpaper. There's friction, there's pain, but there is something that we can learn. And the idea of me beginning to look for the gift shifts my perspective. And I begin to look for the possibility, even though in the middle of it, it does not feel like there's a possibility, but the possibility that this could turn out for good somehow. And so that is one of the first keys I teach in my programs is begin to look for the gift. It shifts your ideas that even when your brain is going, there's no way anything good can come out of this, is begin to look for it. Another thing is, is when I have four of them, just to give you where I'm headed. Um, the other thing is, is, is if your life is a book, let this be a chapter, a page or a paragraph. But when we're in the middle of it, it feels like it's forever. When I went through the difficult time with my daughter in her teenage years, there was a period of about two years. I didn't talk to her. And talk about the failure feelings all coming back and all of those fears surfacing. And, but I held on to the promise, the promises that I spoke, believe God had spoke to my heart and I see her every day and we have an amazing relationship, but it felt like forever in the middle of it is my point. And so allow it to be a, just a part of your life story, not your whole life story. And then number three is have compassion and forgiveness. Without that, you're never really free. You're never really healing for yourself and other people around you. I can do entire episodes on what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't. It's very misunderstood. And number four is get support, get help. When we are injured, we have a tendency to withdraw or hide, isolate, whether physically or emotionally, and finding a safe place of someone that has can help you through it is a key to making it to making it through the difficulties easier and quicker. So those are my four thoughts. Talk a little bit about this forgiveness piece. Can you talk, share a little bit about your thoughts on that? <clears throat> well, I guess you would agree that I had some forgiveness that needed to happen in my life as well. So I do know. Um, so most of the time when I'm talking with my clients and they say, um, well, you don't know what happened to me. 
how am I supposed to forgive this? They're not even sorry. They've never apologized. They never, and if I let them, they do it again or they did it again. So all of those feelings is, uh, I can't, I can't forgive. Um, You don't understand how hard it is or what happened. All of those kind of feelings. And if I forgive, it means it was okay. It means they get away with it. And somehow they need to punish. So I'm going to punish them by not forgiving. But what we don't realize is that forgiveness is about me. It's not about them. It's about setting me free. And it isn't saying any of those things. Forgiveness is saying, I'm going to let it go and let everybody reap what they sow because we do sooner or later. Right. That's, we're not <clears throat> that law of the harvest that you reap what you sow. Is yeah. gonna... it, sooner yeah. or later they do. But all I'm doing is giving them power over my mind and life by withholding forgiveness. So releasing it to, in my, the way I word it as I'm going to give it to God, let him take care of them. And I'm going to trust him with that and forgive and let it go. Is it easy? No. And it takes, I take people through this process every day of how to do that. How, how did it look for you personally? Can I ask? Hmm. I, I had a relationship with God. I was, um, and so very early on, this is another key I'll say before I fully answer the question is when there's severe trauma, we think this is another thing that messes people, you know, uh, sabotages people is I, 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 I forgave, but I still feel so angry or something triggers you again. If there's been trauma, something triggers you again. And I'm like, but I forgave. Why is this happening? And the way that I understand forgiveness is it's like an onion at the age of whatever, let's say 16, I forgave to the capacity I could forgive at that stage. A layer was peeled. I cried and I forgave. As things moved along, there were other things that triggered my life. Things that brought up those, all those scared failure feelings. Again, I would forgive to the capacity I could then release it, forgive myself and move on. And that has continued. I I had an incident happen about six years ago and I was really mad. I'm like, this has been a long time. (laughs) Why am I getting all upset all over again? Oh, so being kind to yourself. And understanding forgiveness is a lifetime. It should be a daily exercise because every day somebody irritates us. And so learning to live a life of constant releasing, forgiving, letting go is so freeing. Um, And you let everything else, because you can't change it anyway. And it's silly to think that by me being mad, it's actually punishing them because if they're really a jerk, those are my, that's my word. They don't give a rip that you're mad. They might probably think it's funny. Mm-hmm. So it's not really punishing them. So anyway. And that's really interesting. You know, what's interesting too, is something that you said before. I like you said, well, I didn't want to drop my expectations. I think that's, you know, what's, I still want to have great expectations for my life. 
But maybe one of the ways we could take that piece is I'm gonna expect that maybe people won't. Like I can have high expectations for what I wanna do and have dreams and, and visions and goals, which is great. But I could expect that maybe they won't forgive or maybe they won't, they may, they may, or excuse me, maybe they won't come and say, sorry, but that's okay. I can still forgive them. Right. Right. It doesn't matter what they do. Right. They're, if they're not at the point where they're able or willing to forgive for whatever reason, I can say, you know what, that's the reality they're at. Even though I kind of want them, I kind of expect them to come apologize. Well, I might have to bring that expectation down and then just say, you know what, I'm going to let it go. Well, there's a big difference. Mental work. <laughs> yes. There's a big difference between forgiveness and trust. That's the other thing I forgot to mention. Just yeah. because I forgive them doesn't mean I have to trust them. That's right. And that a lot of times that means I need to be all lovey-dovey, you know, forgive them and have them all back in my, that's not what it means at all. Mm-hmm. Trust and forgiveness is not the same thing. And so learning that I, you know, I received no apology, you know, at all. And so letting it be, but <laughs> anyway, I've but won, were, I've won, that's for sure. <laughs> but our expectation of people is another disappointment that we have a lot of times and our, even our children in ourselves, all of that kind of stuff. And so just allowing and loving people where they are is, um, and on their journey of where they're where they are, um, not that they'll stay there, but loving people on their journey. One other thing I'll mention about forgiveness is, um, I've heard you may have heard this somewhere, but unforgiveness is me drinking poison and thinking the other person is going to be affected. Right, I'm going to drink poison so I can hurt you. I'm going to hurt you. Does and it's it's really poisoning yourself. So. Absolutely. Such a good way of thinking about it. So, you know, one of the things that's so, and I see it with you right now, here you are on a podcast, you've started this international organization to help people. You're helping, you're coaching people through things, through disappointment. To me, from the perspective I'm at, I see someone who years ago had something painful, and now this has become something that where you're able to help an enormous amount of people or more people than you would have, even though you have this painful thing. And so in some ways, it is like you said, all things working together for your good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I had the conversation once is like, all right, so I'm complaining as one of those pity party days. It's like mm-hmm. all this stuff, you know, this and this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. And I felt like I heard God speak to my heart. The thought came to me. Um, so do you like your life? Do you like who you are? Do you like the woman you are? And I'm like, yeah, pretty much I do. Well, you wouldn't be that. You right. wouldn't be without all of the things that you're just complaining about. You wouldn't be. And so we can, that's one of the things I was talking about is learning and growing through whatever happens to me. Um, I'm going to come out on top. It may not look like it all the time, but I am because I know I, without a shadow of doubt that everything is going to work out for my good. There you go. That's, that's great. So from being in, in excruciating pain to where there's no adjectives to, yes. you know, I know it's going to work out. Isn't that an interesting journey you've been from? I cannot believe how painful this is. I can't even find words for it to 
I have no doubt that this, things are going to work out. That's quite the journey you've been on. I mean, if you look at the distance. Yes. That's great. Let me ask you this. You've written a few books, four books. Can you tell us about your books? Um, I'll highlight two. Um, one of the, the first one I'll mention is a free book. It is called An Umbrella on a Sunny Day. And it is the umbrella on a sunny day is coming from the, my, the mindset that bad things happen to me. So I should probably just keep expecting it. It's sunny outside, but sooner or later, it's going to rain on me. So I'm going to bring my umbrella and mm -hmm. how we think that we're going to prevent pain by preparing for it. It doesn't work by the way, just in case you're wondering, but <laughs> the book is the book has five keys to putting your umbrella away and enjoying enjoying the sunshine, as well as some of my clients' stories of how they've also overcome. That's a free book that's on my website. The other book I'll mention is for sale. It's called The Key to Transform Your Life. And it is understanding the power of the words we speak. It is a book of 30 days of affirmations or declarations. And every day is different. So you don't get bored, if you will, saying the same thing over and over again, and you can use it over and over again too, um, because the word, how the power of the words we speak matter, why they matter, and then it gives the affirmations and that's available for sale on my website. That's wonderful. What is your website? It is the letter I, vibrantliving.com. Ivibrantliving.com. Wonderful. Yes. So if people want to reach you, is that the best place for them to reach you? That's the best place. There is a schedule, a free consultation there and a lot of other resources available. And also the link to my podcast. Wonderful. And you're also a podcast host of You Were, you Were Designed for Greatness. Is that correct? Did I say that? That's correct. Wonderful. Well, Donna, I got to say, this has been an, a great chat with you. To hear someone who's, you know, we're going to have some things that are the truth is, is life is going to dish us up some surprises um, mm -hmm. different for different people that the, the things are different. But to have it be, you know, to see your, your journey from, hey, I can't even describe how painful this is to now I just know things are going to work out. For though any listeners here who feel that the pain they're going through is almost indescribable, maybe indescribable, um, that your story now, your optimism, is an inspiration. Any who are listening, I encourage to reach out to Donna, that they can reach out to you and get your coaching, get your uh, get your guidance. We'll have those notes about the how to reach you and on your website in the show notes. And Donna, thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to to leave our listeners with today? Something, if you had to just say one thing that said, you know. For those of you going through hard times, this is the one thing. Please remember. Mm. That nothing is impossible. That there's always hope. As long as you're breathing, there's still hope. And, and get support. Get the right resources to help you. There is so much knowledge today in the world. Um, podcast and self-help books and YouTube videos and all the things, but having someone to help you curate that to wisdom that applies to your life is what I bring. Thank you, Donna, for being on the show. My pleasure, Exxon.